right, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Leviticus chapter 21 tonight. Leviticus chapter 21. You know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that what you read and sometimes you just... At first glance, you're like, whoa, something's wrong here. You kind of get the scratch in your head. But you know, people just need to get the attitude. If you see something in the Bible that doesn't look right, there's something wrong with how you're looking at it. Okay, everything in the Bible is right, and if you go, if you look at your Bible and you have the mindset the Bible's right, it is always right. It is the Word of God. You can find answers for things. And unfortunately, today many people, many so-called Bible scholars and so-called preachers, whenever they see something in the Bible that makes them uncomfortable or that they don't like, you know what they do? They try to change it. You know, they'll say, "Well, yeah, the Bible says that, but it doesn't really mean that." And then they might use a, you know, they'll start breaking out the Greek and Hebrew dictionaries to say it should have been translated this way, or they'll just make up some crazy ideas. But you know, the Bible's always right, and there's reasons for everything. And sometimes we have to admit too that we've just kind of been brainwashed. We've kind of fallen for, you know, the American way of thinking in a lot of areas. And um, you know, we like to think we're not conformed to society, but we are in many ways. And things that shouldn't bother us, upset us, offend us, they do. Because one thing that we are taught in this country, and we know very well, is how to be offended. And most of what you see on the news these days is, you know, who got offended this week? You know, who did Donald Trump offend this week? And you know, it's funny how he can go, he can insult Megyn Kelly. But all women are supposed to be offended by that. You know, there's, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's certain women out there I don't like at all. But that doesn't mean I don't like all women. I just don't like them. Okay? And so, you know, why can't you insult one person and not be down on everybody? You know, why can't I insult one, you know, uh, one, you know, Muslim and not be, well, I guess I am against Muslims, but you know, I, but you know, but yeah, a woman, you know, or if you are critical of maybe an ethnicity, you got a president with your problem with President Obama, you're against all black people, you know, and everybody gets offended, and that's just too bad. And so tonight, as I preach this message, um, it's going to be what, the biggest challenge of this message to get the point across to help you understand it. It's going to be hard because. I'm gonna. I got to keep it G-rated, all right. We're in church. You know, we got men, women, children here, and what some of the things the Bible talks about. You know, it it gets pretty specific sometimes, and you know, we might read over some of these things. Can't expound on it too much. And then to illustrate it, I could give you some disturbing stories, but I've got to I've got to keep it clean tonight, and I don't want to be offensive in any way. But I want you to understand this. So let's go to Leviticus chapter 21. And we'll start reading in verse 17. It says, Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man, or a lame, or he that hath a flat nose, or anything superfluous, or a man that is broken-footed, or broken-handed, or crook-backed, or a dwarf, or that hath a blemish in his eye, or be scurvy, or scabbed, or hath his stones broken, no man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron, the priest, shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord 
made by fire, he hath a blemish. He shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. He shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish that he profane not my sanctuaries, for I the Lord do sanctify them. And Moses told it unto Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel. Now, does anybody see a problem here? Why can't people with blemishes not offer bread? I mean, shouldn't anybody who wants to be allowed to go in there? I mean, first of all, why do you have to just be a Levite? Isn't that kind of discriminatory? Isn't that kind of racist? How come it was only men? What about the women? You know, and this is how we're all supposed to think as Americans. Okay, and while as Baptists, okay, we still stand strong on, you know, we're okay with the fact that God told the Levites it's just supposed to be Levites. We're okay with certain roles being for men and other roles being for women. Okay, we're not that politically correct here, are we? But are we so politically incorrect we'll start denying jobs to people with physical flaws and deformities, things that they can't help? I mean, what if they were born blind? I mean, somebody with a crooked back or a dwarf. Are we going to discriminate against these people? Why was God doing that? Why did He discriminate against these people? Anyone who had a blemish, a flat nose. I mean, what? who cares to have a flat nose? You can have a flat nose and be a good person. What is this all about? Why would God do that? He said they would profane the sanctuary. He said they could, you know, they could eat the bread, but that most holy place. They couldn't go in the veil. They couldn't go around the altar. They couldn't go in that main part. If they did that, they're going to profane it. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little discriminatory to me. How do we answer that as Christians? All right, you know, we, those of us who say we believe the Bible, you know, isn't there a problem here? Well, for us to understand why God made these laws, there's some other things that we have to understand. We're going to look at some other scriptures that I think will help us see something that the Bible teaches, something that we all instinctively know, but we don't always really think about. And if we understand this about mankind, it will help us understand why God put certain physical requirements for the priests and the Levites in this situation. So, uh, go over to Leviticus chapter 15 real quick. We don't have time to read all of the Scriptures we need to read, but if you read Leviticus, I, I encourage you to go on and read Leviticus 11-15. through 15, I believe is what, what you want to read. Leviticus 11-15. through 15, And there's some interesting stuff in there. There's some interesting rules about cleanliness. You see... But uh, the children of Israel, we see that they were not allowed to come into the tabernacle until they had been cleansed. In Leviticus 15.31, it says, Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness, when they defile My tabernacle that is among them. How could people going into the tabernacle defile the tabernacle? Well, you know how come people would defile the tabernacle? Because people are gross. What are you talking about? No, people in general are gross. They're nasty. Okay? It would be just like we don't let animals into the church, do we? You know, we don't we don't let y'all bring your dogs to church and your cats and things like that. Why? They're gross. They're unruly, they make messes. 
you know, dogs drool, they do other things, and we would not bring them here to the church, but you know, we're fine with people being in here. But just because we're not as gross as animals doesn't mean we're not gross ourselves. And God put some laws, He put some rules down for them because He didn't want people in their disgusting condition going into the tabernacle. It would defile it. It would profane it. But go to Leviticus chapter 11. When you go into Leviticus chapter 11, it starts out talking about... It gives the descriptions of animals that were unclean and clean. It tells us you know, which ones. And I'm just going to throw this one in here. Uh, this, is, this is a great passage of Scripture here. Leviticus 11.26 The carcass of every beast which divideth the hoof and is not cloven-footed nor cheweth the cud are unclean unto you. Everyone that toucheth them shall be unclean. And whatsoever goeth upon his paws among all manner of beasts that go on all four, those are unclean unto you. Whoso toucheth their carcass shall be unclean until the even. And he that beareth the carcass of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even. They are unclean unto you. And just when the Bible says carcass, it's not always referring to a dead body. You know, you all have carcasses. I'm looking at your carcasses right now. Do you see that? Animals on paws that go on all four, unclean. You touch them, you're unclean. Now, can anybody think of some animals that that would include? Dogs and cats. Alright, listen. Dogs and cats are gross. Jesus didn't have a pet dog. Jesus never pet a dog. Jesus never pet a cat. How do you know that? Because He never violated any of the law. Even the Levitical law, He didn't do that. With the exception of, I can tell you, whenever He would break a law, it all of a sudden it would change things. For example, you weren't supposed to touch a dead body unless it was someone very near of kin. But what happened when Jesus would touch dead bodies? They weren't dead bodies anymore, were they? Well, you weren't supposed to touch lepers. But what would happen when Jesus would touch lepers? They weren't lepers anymore. The woman with the issue of blood, she touched Jesus, which should have made him unclean. But what happened when she touched Jesus? She was clean. Okay? Now, that doesn't work for you and me. If an unclean person touches us, we're unclean too. But when an unclean, Jesus would touch an unclean person, an unclean person would touch Jesus, they were not unclean anymore. Therefore, if Jesus would have touched a dog or a cat, I think they'd have turned into something else, personally. That is my own idea right there, my own theology. They'd have turned into a real animal. But, uh, but anyway, so am I saying you can't have dogs and cats? No, and you'll find out why in a little bit. You're all okay if you have dogs and cats, okay? And besides, I can't really preach against I got a stinking cat that lives in my house, and it's unclean, alright? It's unclean. But anyway, so, but Leviticus 11, read through that. It tells the animals that are unclean and which ones were clean. Some they weren't supposed to eat, some they weren't supposed to touch. Some were abominations like the pig. And, you know, which is like, you know, Brother Menez, you know, he works. Around that kind of stuff with that meat, you got and you know he should be unclean. I hope he took a bath before he came to church. You know, but uh, you know we don't we don't cover we don't do those things now. We'll talk about why in a little bit. But Leviticus chapter twelve, we don't have time to read all of that, but it explains what makes men and women unclean, and many of the things that make men and women to be unclean, they're not sins. Okay. It's just it's normal. There are you know things that we can't help. 
But the Bible says that you know we're unclean when we do that. And before they could go into the tabernacle, they had to wash themselves. You know, women, for example, look at uh, chapter Leviticus chapter twelve. Okay, now we all know there's nothing wrong with women having babies, is there? Women are supposed to have babies. But look at Leviticus chapter twelve, verse one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman have conceived seed and born a man child, then she shall be unclean seven days according to the days of her separation. For her infirmity shall she be unclean. And in the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, and she shall then continue in the blood of her purifying three and thirty days. She shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification be fulfilled. So forty days, if she had a male child, she couldn't touch any holy thing. Verse 5, But if she bear a maid child, then she shall be unclean two weeks as in her separation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying three score and six days. So that makes a total of 80 days that she was unclean if she had a girl. Why? I don't, maybe girls are more gross than boys. I, 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 guys are better. I, I don't know, but uh, I don't know for sure. But anyway, verse 6, And when the days of her pure king are fulfilled, for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring a lamb of the first year for a burnt offering uh, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation unto the priest who shall offer it before the Lord and make an atonement for her and she shall be cleansed from the issue of her blood. This is the law for her that hath born a male or a female. So right there we see that there were certain things that they're not sin, but they disqualified you from going into the tabernacle. It disqualified you from touching a holy thing. Why? Because people are gross. Alright? And I'm not... But, you know, bearing or having babies, it's messy. Okay? It's a messy thing. And it's gross. Alright? I'm not... I'm not I don't want to get descriptive. I don't want to get vulgar. But it just is. Lepers in chapter 13... It gives the laws for lepers. These guys, they had you know running issues. They had pus and stuff that comes from our body. And think about, it. I mean, people, they're, you know, our blood is gross. Okay, now think about this too, because back then they didn't have all the science of things that we do today. But God knew, and we know today how you don't want to touch other people's blood, do you? You don't want to touch other people's bodily fluids of any kind. You know, people are just. They're gross. People have runny noses. People sweat all over the place. I mean, just yeah. And I said, and I've, I've visited the hospital many times, and I have seen disturbing sights. I said, I'm thankful for doctors, but I thank God I'm not a doctor because I just I can't imagine seeing that stuff all the time. You know, and I guess you get used to it, but I'm not. It's gross. My own kids, Allie, right now. She has loose teeth. I cannot stand loose teeth. It just, it, I do not want to. Kids, yeah, look at my tooth. And they'll wiggle their tooth, and I want to throw up. I can't stand loose teeth. It's disgusting, and they pull teeth out, and there's blood all over the place, and it's gross. Alright? It is disgusting. And listen, God looks at man and our problems and the regular things about us. And just like we look at different animals and things sometimes and are grossed out, God's grossed out by mankind. We have some serious issues. We see, uh, you know, anybody in verse in chapter fifteen, people with any running issues from the body, they were unclean. And we're not going to go into all these things, but stuff that comes from our body is gross. 
And you know, thank the Lord that you know we have things like running water today. You know, we have toilets, we have showers, we have and why do we have these things? We have these things because we have learned through science that people are gross. We have learned about the germs and things. Most of us, if we could get in a microscope and see what was crawling on our hands, we would be disgusted and we would go wash our hands real fast. And the truth is, while we're, we've grown accustomed to it, while we don't think about it, God who is holy, He knows about it. And it's gross. We are gross. We're, dis- we are, we're disgusting. But, you know, so, why were there all these laws? about cleanliness. Why was it so important if this is just a part of mankind, if this is something people can't even really help, why did they have all these laws? You know, why would people who hadn't even sinned, you know, or if they had a problem that they couldn't help, why couldn't they be allowed to come into the tabernacle? And the answer is just because people are gross. Now you say, well what about the deformities and things? Okay. Now let's just be honest. Now we're I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, we've all been there. We've seen when people have some serious deformities and things, and it it kind of does something to us, doesn't it? You know, we we don't think bad about them, we feel bad for them, but we don't like it, do we? If you had a child and they had a serious deformity, you'd still love them, wouldn't you? But you'd try to fix it, wouldn't you? You'd do anything you could to help fix that deformity. Why? Because it's something that even to us things can be. Pretty repulsive, even to us. So imagine how it is to God. You know, and cleanliness or mankind, we are naturally gross, and we are also naturally sinful, aren't we? By nature we are sinful, by nature we are gross. You know, the dog is not disgusted with itself, is it? You know, at least cats, they attempt to be clean, don't they? Alright, we'll, we'll say that for cats. They attempt to be clean. They're still gross. They're still unclean, but they at least, they at least make an attempt. Okay, I've seen our cat eat a mouse whole. That's disgusting. Alright? Why would it do that? It's a cat. Why do people do some of the things they do? Because they're people. And people are gross. You know, and every, cleanliness is something we have to teach our children, don't we? It does not come natural. Think, every parent in here could tell a story about their children Something that they've done in the past that's really ghost. I'm sure every parent here, you probably caught your kid when they were small, playing in the toilet, you know, playing with, you know, and I'm not, I've heard other parents tell stories about their kids. I don't think we've ever experienced this, you know, playing with the contents of their diapers. Think, I mean, think about that. That's disgusting. Okay? But, why didn't they just naturally not do that? Okay, you know, kids, you don't have to teach babies how to eat, do you? You don't have to teach them things like that, but you do have to teach them to be clean. We are not naturally clean people. Thankfully, we live in a day and age where we have a lot of knowledge when it comes to cleanliness, and so we have made some effort. Man's kind, mankind's knowledge of germs and diseases, it's motivated us to invent wonderful things. You know, we have we have the running water. We have hand sanitizers that you can you know you can get, and you can put that stuff in your hands and, and get rid of those get rid of those germs. We have you know shampoos and things that we can use, and science they have helped greatly. 
You know, it's more like you know. We know running water. It's better to wash your hands in running water than it is to just standing water, isn't it? You just go and everybody uses the same water over and over again. Well, all the germs are still going to be in that water. You know, people used to all take a bath in the same tub, the same water. They'd go get the water, haul it up from the creek, you know, heat it up, pour it in there, and everybody take a bath in the same tub. Now, you and I know that's gross, don't we? Because science has told us, you know, that doesn't work very good. And so, thank the Lord, we have running water that goes right into our house. It can come, it can hit us, run off us, go right down in the drain, and we can get clean that way. And it's helped us, you know, control a lot of diseases and things. We have the cleaning supplies. You know, we have, you know, we have all the Windex and all these chemicals that you can use that kill germs. We have the sanitizers. We wear clothes. Okay? You know, there's some cultures that don't wear clothes, do they? And we know too, you know, they have all these no shirts, no shoes, no service things. Why do they do that? Who made that rule? The Board of Health made that rule. Why? Because we have learned that if people are going around barefooted, they're going to pick up a lot of germs. If people go around, you know, and they're not wearing very much clothes, you know, they're going to get their bodily fluids all over things. You know, wouldn't you like? I mean, aren't you glad that when you go to a buffet, there's not some guy standing over there, you know, reaching over the food, you know, and his armpits dripping right? You know, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> and so we wear the the clothing. It helps because people are gross. We need protection from all the germs and things that are out there. And so, and, and I'm going somewhere with this that I think is going to help us. So. You know, we understand too, today, we understand the dangers of physical relationships outside of marriage. You know, we understand how important it is that it's just two people, one man and one woman. Whenever it's just one man and one woman, you don't have problems with diseases. But you've got all these perverts out there that fool around. You've got all the, you know, the homosexuals that are doing their thing and their diseases running rampant. Why are their diseases running rampant amongst those people? Because they are gross. What they are doing is gross. And God knew that people were gross and He told us, hey, there's, you know, there's a way you can be okay, one man and one woman. But what did God tell the children of Israel? He said, hey, don't do like the abominations of the heathens. He mentioned the Sodomites. He mentioned you know, the man that lies with mankind. And He said the land itself vomited out the inhabitants to do those things. What was he talking about? Those people have germs. They have diseases and they're spreading those. But when you keep it between a husband and a wife, we don't really we don't have those problems. You know, even in your own families, I imagine a lot of you, you know, you probably drink off of each other. You know, you'll all share a drink or something. And amongst family it's okay because you all kind of have the same germs, don't you? But we would all get real grossed out if you know, we were all sharing. Aren't you glad you don't go to a Catholic church and have to all take communion from the same cup? That's gross. Okay, you'd think they would have gotten past that by now, but they're, and I guess they, I guess they still do that. Thankfully, we use our little individual cups that we throw away when we are done with them. Why? We don't, we don't have to worry about the germs and things. And so, but thankfully, science—they have figured out there are dangers with the type of physical relationships that are going on. Now, what are they doing about it? Nothing. They're still promoting those lifestyles and acting like it's okay. But science has proved that these 
you know, that monogamous relationships are the best one. One man and one woman. Everything else, if you want to live that kind of lifestyle, you plan on getting something. You just might as well plan on getting one of these diseases. And I'm not going to talk about them tonight, but let me tell you, some of those diseases those people are getting are absolutely disgusting. I, I get disgusted. I, it turns my stomach even hearing about it and thinking about it. There are some horrible diseases that people can get that, that are just, they're absolutely gross. Okay? There are horrible things that can happen to us physically, even things that are not because of sin. You know, when we get the flu and things, it makes us throw up. That's gross. You know, you get the other things that happen when you get the flu that's disgusting. It's it's gross. And we've we've all been there, we've had things. I've had boils before that are just absolutely disgusting. You know, we've all had things that we've experienced physically that we were embarrassed by. Because it was gross. Okay? People are gross. We've got a lot of problems. And so, you know, Leviticus fifteen thirteen says, and when he that hath an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing and wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in running water and shall be clean. Notice that. God told him way back then, hey, use running water. Even before the scientists figured out you should use running water, God knew, use running water. God knew, hey, He knew about the germs. God created everything, okay? God knew about germs before man knew about germs. He knew what made people clean. And while others look at that, you know, looked at those things back then even probably thought, you know, what's the big deal? God knew it was a big deal. God understood, you know, the importance of cleanliness. So one thing too, I don't know if you ever noticed this, when you read about all these laws about cleanliness and things, they did work hard at being clean. Yet if you watch any Bible movie from that time, they're always dirty. Have you ever noticed that? If you watch those, they are always dirty. They always have dirt all over their face. But they were always they washed all the time, didn't they? You always hear it talk about washing feet. Okay? People don't even do that these days. There's a lot of people that still go around, they wear sandals and things out. When they go walking in the house, do they wash their feet? No, they did back then. Okay? They they understood they understood a lot of these things. A lot of it was just custom to them. But God knew why He told them to do these things. They needed to be cleaning themselves because they were gross. And especially before they go into the tabernacle, it was important that they be clean. So, you know, now that we've established the fact that people are really gross, and we could, we could tell stories. I was talking this morning when I was doing home preservation. I went into absolutely horrible, horrible houses. I went into, I went into a hoarder's house one time. Where you, there were literally paths through the house to be able to get anywhere. Just stuff piled everywhere. I went into one house and down in the basement, it was like, it was a finished basement, but they had just hundreds of empty buckets of kitty litter. And the whole basement smelled like ammonia, which they say is a result of cats going to the bathroom down there all the time. And I went into this room and I opened the door and you literally could see the atmosphere as you went in there. And inside that room were about four dead cats that they just left in there and they died. That's, that's disgusting. And I'm looking at think People lived in this house. I, I was at a house one time visiting somebody when I was in LaSalle and I went in there. I'm talking to people. The people are there. They're home. And right there in the kitchen on the floor 
Dog mess. Right there. And I'm, you know, I'm grossed out. I mean, I've been in the house before with the people in there that you can barely even breathe. It smells so bad. Why would people do that? Because people are gross. And so some things that we can learn from this is first of all, this is a reminder to us that we need to be born again. What are you talking about? We'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50. It says, Now this I say, say brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You all say, why can't flesh and blood enter into the kingdom of God? Because we're gross. Okay? We're disgusting. We can't get into the heaven in this condition. Not just because of the fact that we're sinners, but because of the fact that we are gross. We are corrupt. And then he goes on, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. Okay, Before we can make it into heaven, before we can get there, God is going to have to physically transform us. He is going to have to change our vile body into one like His body. We think a lot of times our bodies are vile just because of the sin. But no, our bodies are vile. Period. Not just because of the sin, we are vile ourselves. And so we understand that we need to be born again except the man be born again. Or you must be born again. We see that in the Bible and that's why one of the reasons we need to be saved. It's amazing how arrogant people are. How they think that they just have right into heaven in their own condition. No, no you don't. You have no business going into heaven in your condition not just because of the sin, because of the fact that you're gross. And so, some things to remember about cleanliness physically and spiritually is there are no limits as to how dirty we can become if we're not careful. Yeah, you heard me talking about these houses, and we've all been those places before that just smell like you wouldn't believe. I've been out door knocking before, and while I'm. I remember one on the when I was on the bus route in LaSalle, we had this one house where we picked kids up all the time. And I'm not I am not lying. When you drove by this house, you could smell it. I'm not this house smelled terrible. I don't know how many dogs they had living in that house. And it was you could smell that house from the road. It was that bad. It had a very distinct odor. Just just gross. Sometimes I think smells are mental. I knew one guy that smelled really bad. And he had a very distinct odor. And I am not lying. He called me on the phone one time and I could smell him. Now, now I know it was in my mind, but I smelled it. I'm, I'm telling you, I could smell him. And, that, and I was, he, was, he was two hours away. And I, I'm standing and I'm like... And, and I know it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I will tell you, I could, I, the smell was there in my nose. And... That is the gospel truth. I'm not lying one bit. But, but uh, I said I, I, I wondered about that. But there are no limits. Okay, Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 is a well-known passage of scripture. It says, "But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we do all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away." See, notice that we are as an unclean thing. That is what we are. The only thing that can cleanse us is the blood of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we have all seen, we hear, you hear the stories about just how deep in sin man can go. 
I mean, we you you hear the stories. You know, it, you know when I hear about ISIS and some of the things they're doing all over the world, I I couldn't do those things to my worst enemy. I couldn't. I mean, the most rotten person I know. I just I couldn't do some of the things that they do. When you hear the stories of just some of the perverts that are out there, you've got all these, you know, child molesters, and I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. I don't know how a human can stoop to that level. I don't know how a person can, you know, be born into this world and be a normal human being, and you know, go into homosexuality and things like that. How do people get to that point? Because man is gross, and if we do not teach people about cleanliness, and if we don't teach them about the dangers of sin, there is no limit as to how far that they can go. And we are seeing that. And now when you live in a country that is actually glorifying those disgusting lifestyles, that's going to make these people even less likely to change. You know, I remember you know, when I was younger and a teenager, and I remember going to school, and I remember a couple times some of the females commenting on smells. You know, when you, you know, junior high guys, hygiene's just not a priority. Okay, you know, and my kids, we've had, we, you know, we've already had some discussions with them about it. You know, guys, you got to use deodorant. You're at that age now; it's important. Why? Because you know, you know, boys stink, and uh, and you know, and girls too. And I remember, and I'm, you know, I'm thankful for the times I got made fun of. You know why? Because it made me realize. You know, I don't want to be an outcast. I should probably shower more regularly. I should probably take advantage of the deodorant my parents bought me that I've forgotten to use the last few days. You know, and I started using those things. Well, now if somebody has a disgusting, you know, if they're disgusting, if they're perverted, you know, now it's bullying to say anything against that. And so they just go on their merry way, continue being perverted, continue being disgusting. And just keep stooping lower and lower and lower. And you know what? I'm thankful for that. And when my kids stink, I tell them they stink. I don't go to them and give them a big hug and say, you know, I love you no matter what. And but you know, since you love, you know, since I love you and since you love me, will you go, you know, take a bath? Just because I love you. You know what? I when my kids stink, I tell them they stink. You stink bad. Take care of it. And you might think that's mean parenting, but you know what? It, it works. And um, it's what I'm going to continue to do, and and I don't care. When I was a youth director, uh, I I would go and I would stay with these teenage boys, and I'm telling you, junior high junior high boys are disgusting. I'm just going to tell you right now, they have no brains and they are just disgusting. And <laughs> and I'm, you know, no, my my boys are, have been no exception to that. They've gone through that. And I remember when I I. I made no bones about it. When these guys smelled, I just told them, you guys stink. I had to make these guys take showers. Some of them, when they were like 15, 16 years old, I would tell them we'd be gone for a week. You guys have to take showers. Go take showers. It's amazing the things you had to tell teenage boys. And I've got some stories I can't tell. They're, just, they're too gross. You know, if your toilet does not flush... Like it's supposed to. Most people, if something's already taken place that causes it to need to be flushed, and it's not flushing, you find out what you got to do to make it flush, don't you? Junior high boys don't. They don't. I went into the room one time, 
And it had been a few hours. And the smell was just an abomination. And I went into the bathroom. And it hadn't been flushed. And I'm like, why didn't you flush? And like, it's not working. I said, then you tell someone that it's not working. And I lifted the lid and I had to pull the thing up manually, but it had to go. But you know what, junior high boys, they don't care. I'm telling you, they're disgusting. And when it comes to sin, if you don't teach people about sin, they will continue getting deeper and deeper into sin. If you don't tell them, hey, this is wrong, this is wicked, you can't do this, they will go deeper and deeper into sin. Just like that junior high boy will smell worse and worse until people are passing out. If we don't tell people about their sin, if we don't point it out, they're going to continue going downhill. And look at where we are in America today. Even preachers today, they're scared to preach against perversion. They're scared to preach against homosexuality. And look at it, it's running rampant. You got people that are proud of it. I mean, advertising it on their clothes that they wear. I mean, you know, literally coming out of the closet. I mean, I've been there before where I knew I smelled. And you know, I was embarrassed about it. I remember last year, the year before, we had a big storm and we lost power at our house. And I'd been outside working all day. And our electricity didn't come back on. And I had sweated that day. I'd been wet and no electricity. And we. Went to bed. I smelled and I knew it. It was gross. The next morning, got up, still no electricity. And so we got up and got ready. It's like, you know what? We need to go to town and get something to eat. I'm hungry, but I didn't want to go into the restaurant. I knew I smelled bad. My wife told me several times. And so I remember we came here and I went downstairs to the bathroom and I cleaned up the best I could in the sink to try to get rid of the odor, at least mask the odor. And I was embarrassed because I knew I smelled, but some people, they don't care. They're not bothered by it one bit. They've gotten used to it. And it's the same thing too when people sin. They can be disgusting, living the most wicked lifestyle you can imagine, and it doesn't bother them one bit. It just it doesn't a dog's not bothered by the fact that he's a dog. A pig's not bothered by the fact that he's a pig. And you know what? Human beings we're not bothered by the fact that we're human, but let me tell you, God looks at us and he sees our sin and it's gross. He sees how we are even without the sin in our physical condition and we are gross and we need to understand just who we are. We need to understand what we are. It's not okay. It's not something that you know we should just be okay with and ignore. And we can we can easily be uh, we can easily become accustomed to the things that we're surrounded with. You know, some people they are they're involved in the worst abominations that we can imagine. Look at Romans chapter one. Real quick, Romans chapter one and verse twenty-one. I just these are familiar passages of scripture, but I want you to notice certain words that are in there that are old, you know, Old Testament words. It says in Romans one twenty-one, because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And then he goes on just naming off all these sins, doing things that were against nature. It mentions he gave them up to uncleanness. And homosexuality is one of the things that are mentioned in there. That's uncleanness. It's vile. It's dirty. It's disgusting. But people are completely fine in that. 
they're they're okay. They call themselves gay, which just means happy. How can you be happy in that situation? And the funny thing is, they're not happy. They struggle more with depression, suicide, you know, drug addiction, all those things more than anybody else. And just they keep sinking lower and lower. But thank God, the blood of Christ that cleanses us from sin. Thank God He can cleanse us. You know, blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Notice it uses that word. It cleanses us. It cleans us up. But we can we can easily become accustomed to what we are surrounded with. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Turn over there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also... Or that's 1 Corinthians. I need 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be My people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. See that? Don't become unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, we're always going to be surrounded by unbelievers. Okay? God did not call us to all come together and move into a compound somewhere so we won't get you know defiled by the world. We're supposed to be among them in the sense because we've got to be witnessing to them. We've got to be trying to reach them with the Gospel, but we can't become unequally yoked. We don't want to touch the unclean thing. God wants us clean, but we can get used to sin. We can get used to the wickedness that's around us. And... Some cultures today, they have no problem going around naked. I mean, in some countries, people are fine. It's dirty, it's gross, but over there, it doesn't bother them at all. Why? They've grown accustomed to it. And you know, but you know what? It's still a sin. Nakedness is still a sin. Some people, they don't even flinch at the sound of profanity. You know, I thank God for all the years that I've worked in factories and things, and all the just millions and billions. Of cuss words I've heard, you know it still bothers me when I hear it. It still I still cringe when I hear that vile speech. But you know, some doesn't bother them one bit. Some people even call themselves Christians; they have no problem saying it. Some people will say it and they don't even know they're saying it. They have no idea that they're cussing. They're used to it. Some people they're not even affected by death. There's people they can murder somebody. It doesn't bother them. They'll murder somebody, steal their wallet. Doesn't bother them one bit. You've got all these gangsters shooting people up in Chicago. You know they'll shoot some little kid. You know they'll shoot some guy, steal his money, and then go party with the money. You know they'll go shoot somebody, steal their wallet, buy a pack of cigarettes, and it doesn't bother them one bit. Not one bit. What in the world? Because that's how deep people go. There, they become accustomed to it. Some people. They can sit in their house, they can watch an R-rated movie, see all kinds of just vile filth. doesn't even bother them. Oh, I, I didn't even notice anything was bad on it. Yeah. How did you not notice? It's horrible. I mean, you look at the kind of television that people are watching these days, and it's like, what in the world? I, I like to think I would throw up if I watched that. All just the gore and the filth. Not even bothered. 
And so we need to understand when just like we can become physically accustomed to certain uncleanness and smells and things. You know, we've heard the stories of the people that live, you know, with dozens and even hundreds of cats. And you know how people they had to go in there with you know gas masks on because they can't even breathe in there, but yet these people are living in there just fine. They grew accustomed to it. I, I, I mean, I've heard, I heard a story. I don't want to get too detailed in this story because it's just, it's too disgusting. But a lady, she got so big, she never, could, she just couldn't get off her couch, and she literally, her skin grew into the fabric of the couch. And to get this lady out, and I guess the smell was just horrible. People had to go in there with like those hazmat suits. They had to cut a hole in the wall to get her out, and they had to take her with the couch. How how can that happen? I mean, it's it's amazing what people can become accustomed to, and it's amazing what people can become accustomed to when it comes to the sins that we do. There are no limits. Why? Because man is depraved. Man is sinful. Man is disgusting. People are gross. Cleanliness, righteousness, it is something that has to be taught. And the closer we are to God, the more we're going to recognize sin and uncleanness that's in our life. You get close to God, you're going to start noticing that you're unclean. You're going to start noticing the flaws and things and you're going to try to clean yourself up. And the same, if you're... If you're uh, if you get in the Word of God, it's going to point out the sins in your life. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal it. You know, the the Word of God it helps keep us pure. Ephesians five twenty five. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He may present to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So we see these Levitical laws of cleanliness, that part of them were there to help us understand the holiness of God and help us understand the uncleanness of man so we would recognize our need for a Savior and just understand how totally dependent we are on Him. Galatians 3.24 Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Thank God, even though we are people and we are gross, that God still loves us, just like some of you love those dogs and cats. And we're not under the Levitical law anymore. You can have your dogs and cats and still be right with God. You're still gross, but you're still right. You're still right with God. But He loves us anyway. And he'll he'll save your soul if you'll trust him. And one of these days he's going to change us physically in the rapture, and we will go to heaven in the flesh, but it will be a flesh like his. And so when we when you read Leviticus and those laws about uncleanness, it was there for a reason. That temple was holy. We can't just go in it however we want without defiling it. And there is no way we could go into heaven in our condition. We would ruin heaven because we're people. We're gross. And so, you know, we do our best. We try to clean ourselves up. We try to shower regularly, do things like that. And you know what? We need to regularly try to cleanse ourselves 
from the sins of this world. We need to stay away from them. We need to flee you know, youthful lust. We need to follow after righteousness. We need to stay in the Word of God so we can keep ourselves spiritually clean. And so with that, let's all stand together.